died. So is it? How does it look on on video, guys? Is it really dark or does it look okay? You guys are the professionals. I think we look better in fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So the journey from the point where the customer might see the brand in the marketplace and the media and the advertising and what's right. out there and what we're promising to the whole experience through the end and then building and developing the relationship. So once we've acquired them as a customer and they've you know, had a service call or a maintenance call with us or whatever, uh, or in installation, you know, how do we actually stay in touch with them? So that's a, that's a client journey. It mm -hmm. starts from, I, I want you as a client, you're a prospect all the way through, I've got you as a client. Client journey, I, I like that term, client journey. Yeah, it's a client that's journey. That's powerful. So we, we define that. And uh, you know, for us, we put it up on a board. So we literally have adjectives, like core values, those adjectives for us define, you know, how we're gonna build process. So process is great, but process needs some direction. So you can create a process to do anything but you want your process to hit the mark. So for us, we build those ideas. So, you know, partnership for us at iMarket, um, communication, discovery, and then the client experience comes from those things. And so we map that from that place. For contracting side, it's the perfect service call. It's the perfect installation. You know, we have those ideas and we map that out. So from that point, then our, you know, our group gets together and we just define what does it mean to be a perfect installation? How does it work? you know, from the standpoint of how does the salesperson deliver, you know, the messaging, how do we treat the customer, if we get the job, you know, how does the job flow through, what's the communication with the customer, and when we're done and the installation is done, what's the checkpoints, how do we do QC, and then how do we follow up and make the customer love us enough that when we hand them the request for the review that they actually want to write a review. So we're, we're trying in our companies to build raving fans. That's our goal is to build a raving fan, somebody that's going to post on Facebook or Yelp or any of the search engines plus you know the reviews they're just going to write things about us that are positive and so we can build you know the idea of hey we're a company you want to do business with in the community so for me it's it's a lot of definition at the beginning about getting the team involved and figuring out hey what are your what are you trying to deliver what is the you know the actual deliverable to the client and that's really where the brand promise comes from for us so our brand promise is about figuring that out first and then the brand promises and the last point i would make is it's measurable we, we need measurability to that client journey. If you can't measure it, it's hard to teach people to do it a different way. So how how words, do you measure it? That's interesting. Yeah, so the brand promise has to have KPIs, key performance indicators, the measurement process is there. So um, at iMarket, we, we ask you on a regular basis, uh, you're a newer client for us, but we're in constant communication with the client to say, on a score of zero to 100, yeah. You know, 100 being the best, zero being we're just awful. You know, give us a, a net promoter score. How do you feel about us? How are we treating you? You know, so do we communicate with you? Are we discovering your needs? Are we reacting well? Are we solving your problems? Are we in business with you? Do you feel like we're a vendor that's more than a vendor? We're a partner. That's and you, really, and you'd really say, well, you're a 90. And then so if it's a 90, we would say, well, what does it take to be 100? And right. we get that feedback. And so we measure that. And so... We tie all of our employees' compensation to that net promoter score. So every single employee in every organization is tied to the net promoter score. So they're focused on that idea. Uh, but it, what, what's really important, though, is that we had the structure from the beginning. I, I can't hold you accountable for something that you don't know what you're accountable for. So you are responsible for that client experience, but the client journey is the responsibility of the leadership team to figure that out. So to me, client experience is, you know, from everything from the brand all the way through to the experience and the net promoter score. And so that takes 
you know, a little bit of effort to sit down and actually architecture that up. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, your HVAC company is in Phoenix. Huh? I'm in Colorado, so I haven't dealt with your company, but I've dealt with iMarket. Mm -hmm. And for those of our viewers who don't know, iMarket is a company that handles digital marketing and mm -hmm. Facebook ads and pay-per-click and all that, bit mm -hmm. websites, all that kind of stuff, all the yep. digital side. Yep. And we signed up with your company a couple of months ago. And the experience has been, frankly, it's been uh, overwhelming. And I will tell you, because I'm very busy, and I was waiting to hire a marketing manager, so in that interim, I was like the contact person. And his people were on me right. every <laughs> single week. We need this, we need that. Client engagement is what you called it. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays into the customer experience, right? Yes. It does. And it, it, it's part of, part of it. Part totally. Of it. And it's like, I have felt like, you know, I don't know how much we pay you, four or five grand a month or whatever it is. About that. But I don't feel like it's like it's just four or five grand a month going to the tubes. They're on me constantly. Hey, we got to do this. We got to do that. Now, I didn't have the staff. I just hired the staff to manage that process. But you guys have been extraordinary. Now, I know that's not an HVAC company. Yeah. But the same principles hold true. Yeah. Client our HVAC engagement. company has the same, same structure. So we have the perfect installation. We have the perfect service call approach. So we train on that daily. And we have net promoter scores on that. Obviously, you reach to your customers, you ask them, you know, hey, how do we do? Would you mind giving us a review? So you, you need to get the same kind of feedback from your clients. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, it's tough to make happy calls and reach customers when it's 115 and you've got, you know, you're running 150 calls a week. Some companies like Bell might be running, you know, 1,000 a week. And uh, the trick is, is that you're getting enough back from the clients that you have a good uh, measurement system and so yeah, and then you you want that to be a tracking mechanism for your service techs so um, we have 11 measurables for the service techs one of those measurables is you know how did the customer rate us how did how did they feel about the experience that we delivered you know were we good at what we uh, promised that we were going to deliver so that's really I had an experience uh, just yesterday Monday uh, I bought a new RV and so I had to uh, find a place to store it right I want an indoor storage to, to and so I went to this place and I found the location and it was a husband and wife team that owned the facility. And I went in, they were super nice and they were like, yeah, we can take care of you. And while they were, the husband was writing up the paperwork, the wife came over and she said, would you mind doing a Google review for us? I said, no, I'd love to. But she didn't leave it at that. Right. She goes, you got your phone with you? Yeah. And she like pulled up the website yep. and, 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 you know, give me, give me how many stars you felt like we deserved and a, and a few comments. She did it on the spot. And so that's an important part of the customer experience. Absolutely. It's got to be part of the process for the yeah. technician to yeah. be sure that you train them. Yeah. It's uh, their responsibility to ask, but also shepherd the customer to actually actually deliver the review. Because yeah. if you leave it to the customer and you go we'll away, we'll you're going to slack off. You're not going to get the results. And Drew, I know you've been consulting and training companies for 20 years to do this. What are a couple of the top one or two things that you tell them to do to uh, make sure this customer experience is a great one? Well, and it's a great. That's a great question. I mean, I, and I love I this time. Really, I ask really good questions. You only, and, and, and that's the best thing. You know, Can hey, I mention your hair tonight <laughs> <laughs> because it's fucking beautiful. So, you know, smart people, you, you know, know all the answers, right? Geniuses ask better questions, yeah. right? And so that's a great question, right? Because you're looking to learn. You're looking to go deeper, and that, and that's the thing is I. I'll sit with that question. I'll go deeper on that. I, I like to ponder that question. And go beyond the the the, you know, the strategic or even the tactical, and and say what's below that. And it, and at the very end of it, everything's experience. 
everything's experience. I mean, that's exactly what we buy. We don't buy the things, we buy the results, we buy the outcomes. You know, you know everybody, you know, the three of us, and probably everybody watching this, has a television that's bigger than 30 inches in their house. Why? Not because they need it, not because that they even want it, right? There's something beyond the wanting of the television, right? It's like, why do, why do you have a 65 inch, 84 because inch? Because you wanna see Drew Brees. You, you wanna be completely immersed in the game, right? You, whether it's, a, maybe it's a movie, right? Uh, maybe it's like Avengers Endgame, right? If you watch that thing in 3D, 4K, whatever you got going on now uh, that's out there that's available to you, you want to be completely immersed. You want the tackle in the New Orleans Saints football game beating the Dallas Cowboys the other night. Thank you, by the Easy. way. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, for my Eagles. It's the Ohio State Saints. Don't forget. <laughs> that's right. Don't forget. You, want, that's you right. want that tackle taking place in your living room. Right, because right. you couldn't be at the game, right? You want it to be happening. You want to be immersed in the experience, right. and and that's really what it's. It, you're like bathing in it. You're soaking in it. You're just you're showering in this, and that's what it's about, right? So so think about think about some of the brands that are out there, or the organizations that are out there, right? Lexus says experience amazing, right? They don't just want you to have an you know an immersive experience within the vehicle. The whole service experience is immersive, having had a Lexus, right? Uh, Disney, the most iconic brand on the planet, right? If I was to say to you, give me one word, right, about the Disney experience, what would that what would that word be? Happiness. Most people Happiness say place on earth. Most people say happy or magic or fun, right? I, I went to Fiji. I went to Tony Robbins' place, right? He he says one of the most magical places on the planet, but he says you just need to go there, and I did. So I went there, you know, a couple months ago. Peaceful, just total peace, right? Love Hawaii, mystical. Hawaii to me is mystical. If, you know, it's just, that, that's got its own little, you know, uh, um, magic going on there. But Fiji is just peaceful. There is just mm. nothing taking you away from anything. You just enjoy what's in front of you at that moment. You, there's no, nothing for distractions of your time, right? And, and so that's what I would challenge you know, you uh, starting up a new company and all of our, our viewers to say, what is the experience that we deliver, right? It's, it's more of a, an ethereal feeling. It's, and that's exactly what it is. It's an exchange of energy. Yes, there are things, and he talked about the things that we can do. And on the EGI website, he talks about the perfect installation experience, the perfect service experience, the perfect maintenance experience, right? I mean, the perfect, if you really want to think about it, running the perfect HVAC company, that's all on the HVAC EGI website that, that right. he, you know, he's created, right? And he's got every element of that. And I'm going to just say, okay, yes, all of that. Measure it. You've got to, right? But how does that happen? It happens because of the energy exchange between human beings. Yeah, it's right? emotional. It's emotional, and we've got to tap people at the deepest level. First off, we got to tap our, our internal people, right? We've got to connect with the humans that work with us as part of our team, and then talk to them about, we don't go out and service equipment in homes, we go out and service families, right? We don't employ people, we employ families. It's a deeply emotional experience. And we really think about that. At the end of the day, the reason that this works, the reason that EGIA works, is because we are so deeply connected. The EJ family and the people who support us it behind the scenes too. and the, the guys who are doing the video here you know, today, it's a family. It's, it's an emotional, it energetic experience.
and that at the end of the day is where the magic happens, then we can measure the KPIs. Can I, can I dovetail on yeah, that? Yeah, please. So, I mean, to me, all, yeah, so that's culture. The whiskey doesn't hurt, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's culture. So that's, Especially that's where, stuff. so you, you, can, you can train the technician on the process, yeah. but if the technician is not bought in on the cultural side of the, making sure the customer's emotional experience is met, yeah. whatever that is, that's, that comes directly from the leadership, the company culture, and the training and the commitment and dedication to the deliverable of yeah. the experience. So there's emotion, there's economics, right? And there's the physical need of fixing the equipment or doing yeah. the install. And so the one thing that you've talked about over and over and over again is we're all tribal, we're all human beings. We need to feel and we need that emotional experience. So the client journey is about making sure you understand delivering on the emotional side. So you just did a great job articulating that. And, and it's about the fact that when we've talked about this before, you can't make people do it you got to make them want to do it. Yeah, they got to want to do it. they got to be excited and feel yeah. good about it. Yeah. It's not That's customer right. service. Customer service is, the th in my mind, and it's it, in this industry, people talk about customer service. Customer service is the things you do, right? It's the, it's the call taking. It's the running the sales call, the service call, the installation. You know, those are the things you do. Customer care is where the magic happens. It's not about what I spend. It's about how I feel about what I spend. We've all, we've all spent a little bit of money and still felt like we got ripped off. We all spent a lot of money and felt like we got a great deal. Mm -hmm. yep. So at the end of the day, it's not about what you spend, it's about how you feel about what you spend. John Maxwell, probably the greatest yeah. architect of leadership books. I mean, he's prolific, probably got like 25 books out there. Uh, it's, you have to touch people's hearts before you touch their wallets. You got it. I started uh, buying cars from a dealership about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And it's a Range Rover dealership. And uh, a couple of years ago, my wife, I, was, I travel a lot, just like you guys do, so you're always gone, and my wife had a flat tire. And she called me up, and I was in Cleveland, of all places, on purpose. And she said, uh, I got a flat tire, what should I do? I said, well, the first thing you should do is we call. Know the, we all know what he meant by that. <laughs> I, said, I said, babe, the first thing you should do is call someone in Colorado, <laughs> right? Because right? I can't help you from here. I said, call Tony at the dealership, he'll take care of it. So she called him up, and he goes, man, we'll have somebody out there right away. But what he did, he sent somebody out there within 15 minutes, he had somebody out there. And they didn't just fix her flat. They said, ma'am, here's the loaner, go about your business, we'll fix the flat and, and return the car back to your house. So when she came home back in the loaner, the, her car was back in the driveway, and they came and picked up the loaner. And it's, they've given us that kind of service for many, many years. And a couple of years ago, I bought a sports car and took it over to my friend's house. And his neighbor owns the Porsche dealership in our town. And the Porsche guy comes over and he's looking at my car and he's like, ah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could have got a 911 for this price, blah, blah, blah. He goes, as a matter of fact, if you'd have called me, I'd have given you the best price in town. He never thought about why I buy cars from them. I buy cars from them because they go out and they pick up my wife in the middle of the day when she's got a problem, not because of the price. Yeah, It was the experience. Yeah. And that's what really mattered at the end of the day. And so you can offer the Walmart experience, right? right. Where, where they want the low price, they want the in and out, the quick thing, right? right? The cheap thing. And there's a segment of the population that will, will skew to that. And there's nothing wrong with being an HVAC, plumbing, electrical, solar contractor that skews towards that. 
you know, you, you see this with car dealerships. Nobody will beat our price. Right. Right. That's usually a, an American or Japanese car dealership. Right. <laughs> right. Then you skew to the European car dealers and price never is an issue. Right. And it's like Walmart, Neiman Marcus. Right. There's nothing wrong. And we've talked about this before. There's nothing wrong with being either Neiman Marcus, either one of them or anywhere within that spectrum. Pick a lane, stay in the lane. Good strategy. Okay. But understand this. The guys who are in the middle, right, struggle. Kmart, uh, Walmart. Yeah. Uh, Walmart's not struggling. Uh, Kmart. Uh, Sears, right? Yeah. Sears. Uh, obviously. Everybody's store. Ma- nobody's Macy's. store. Exactly. Yeah, everybody's in nobody. Where America used to shop, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they could have been, they could have been He's funny. Amazon. He I mean, funny. not funny like He's me. He's got great hair, too. <laughs> they could have been Amazon, right? They they could have been they could have been Walmart, right? But they got away from it. If you really think about what Sears used to be, the catalog business, they they could have been everything. They could be that that brand, but they chose not to be. Neiman Marcus, guess what? Tough times, lean times, great times, right they there. thrive, right? Nordstroms, yep. they thrive, right? So, to me, pick a lane, stay in it. Customer experience, I choose the highest level of customer experience. And so I, I would say, let's go towards Nordstrom. Let's go towards, you know, Neiman Marcus. Yep. You can be Sizzler. You could be Ruth Barclay Chris. Prime in Philly. You could yeah. be Ruth Chris, somewhere in the middle. Sullivan's right there. Yeah. Outback is maybe somewhere towards below Ruth Chris and whatnot. You know, you go to, here we are in, um, um, in Vegas, right? STK over in the, the Cosmopolitan. Fantastic steakhouse. So find something. I, to me, I want to be that boutique for the discerning homeowner with distinguishing taste that wants something more, yeah. something different, something better. You know, that reminds me of something Obi-Wan here said a couple of uh, months ago to me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you have to make sure that your strategy is coherent. Yes. Right? You can't be the cheap guy and try to deliver that service. No, you cannot. Right. No. And if you could, we just have a couple of minutes left. If you could wrap up the discussion... With, uh, with, with those points, because I thought that was really relevant. You've got to make sure that your pricing and your strategy, your, your experience is consistent. Yeah, alignment. Alignment, We just talked yeah. about alignment, yeah. So what, whatever you decide, if yeah. you want to be Nordstrom's or you want to be Kia, doesn't matter what it yeah. is, um, you just want to be aligned. So your business plan has to just you know check those points to say that you can't be the highest priced and be a Kia because you're not going to be able to deliver the result. That's that brand promise, and that's the customer journey we're talking about. But if you're Nordstrom's, you're higher priced. I mean, you're going to pay more money for the clothes when you go into Nordstrom's. But their service level and their dedication to making you feel great, that emotional experience, they have checked those boxes all the way down the line. So if you're in HVAC, plumbing, electrical, if you're in painting, roofing, insulation, solar, whatever it is, um, you have to decide you know, who you want to be when you grow up basically what your business strategy is and everything from there process wise training wise customer journey has to be aligned so that that I mean that's what we were talking about yep. um, certainly in our world uh, I'm going to take you back to uh, 1980 maybe 81 uh, Dr. Roger Blackwell who uh, helped create the the limited Victoria's Secrets probably what people mostly know the limited for but the limited was uh, uh, Les Wexner he's a billionaire mm-hmm. he's done okay <laughs> uh, C student at Ohio State was pretty average cat. Uh, Blackwell helped him uh, build that business. He was the lead consultant. Blackwell's in jail by at this point, by the way. They they named the business school after him. Don't knock it. The day that they named the business school after him, they arrested him what on the stage for? for SEC trading on the limited stock. Oh my god! But uh, that's a sort of kind of a sidebar. Let's go be judgy, judgy. 
No, no, it's, it's, it's a great story because one of the things that he said in business school was, you know, it stuck with me, you know, coming out of college was um, during a recession, really only about 10% of the population struggles mightily in any type of a downturn or recession. Most of the economy actually doesn't struggle and the people that have, you know, um, assets typically will continue to buy product and services that are on the higher end. So when you make that decision about who you want to be when you grow up, you got to ask yourself the question, do you want to be, do you want to be in that segment that's maybe potentially going after the mass market? Uh, do you want to be in the middle, the value type client, which is where Sears lived, or do you want to be the Nordstrom's? And so one company that actually grew their business uh, in the automotive segment during the 2008-2009 recession was BMW. And so it was a very high-end product line, but they grew globally. They were the only auto company that actually grew their sales, grew their profits, and grew their market share. They're not selling cheap products. They're selling an experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the lessons are clear. You want to be careful when you choose your strategy that you marry everything in your business to that strategy and just, just choose wisely. Good stuff. Good stuff. No, I, I agree with that. And you go to the recession before that and Lamborghini and Harley Davidson, they grew their business. Harley Davidson right? a great example. You know, yep. uh, you know in, a, in a time in which everybody's thinking, you know, the, the economy is tanking, right? You know, the houses in the Hamptons during a recession don't go vacant. They just exchange hands, right? Wealth exchanges right. hands yep. in any economic situation, right? Yep. And, and so at the end of the day, to me, you know, client experience comes down to, you know, customer experience, whatever we want to call it comes down to basically just a few elements, right? It's emotions, feelings, it's energy, it's identities realized, it's problem solved, it's life impact. People don't want things, okay? Absent of someone having this conversation, Decision Analyst does a sur uh, home comfort uh, the Home Comfort Survey every three years, the American Home Comfort Survey, and they, they, they gather all this data and then they present it and they show tables and charts and this that, and the other thing. And I say, okay, that's great, but you have to interpret that. And what are they, what are they really saying? And I say, I look at that data and I say, it's because most contractors are weak and pathetic and suck. And they try and compete at the lowest possible common denominator, code, right? Code is getting by with the skin of your teeth, right? right? And what we're talking about here is customer experience, and I want to elevate that customer experience. The elevated consumer buying experience has to be where it is. And if I'm going to play at the highest level, then that data just says, that's because most homeowners that have dealt with these contractors around the United States have had a low-end customer experience. They've had the Walmart customer experience, and I'm going to say, you know what, we can take this game to the highest level, differentiate and change the game, and play at a level that no one else plays. And so people want life impacts. They don't want things. They, they want problems solved, root causes solved, not, not symptoms solved, right, root causes. They want you know the life experience. They want the emotions. They want the identities, the status in some cases, right? And they just want it to be one less thing I got to worry about. And when I when I speak this week at Epic, you know that's that's part of what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to be talking about you know the, the the name of my my topic is called Who Are You, right? It's a great song by the Who, one of my mm -hmm. favorite really bands. Is. Who Are You? But who are you? What do you stand for? Because if you want to skew to that low end of the market, there's nothing wrong with that. But understand this: everybody. Everybody who has come up in the retail space against Walmart has died and will continue to die a pain and miserable death and be broke. Right. Okay. And most contractors who play to the low end of the spectrum, they, 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 they suffer cash flow problems and they die. You know, a couple of years ago, um, I remember specifically having a conversation with the two of you 
on a phone call and somebody had asked us the question, what kind of specials do you offer in the first <laughs> season? And my response was, don't offer specials, be special. I love it. And that's really what it's about. Two smart dudes. Three. You guys are special, no doubt. Cheers, guys. Have fun in Vegas this week. Likewise, best luck at the tables, my friends. Mm -hmm.